Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from NHS Somerset, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and NHS Somerset Clinical Lead for Mental Health. And this week is Alcohol Awareness Week, and we're really pleased to be joined by Carl Morrison uh, and Sally, who's going to tell some of her story. Um, Carl, a very warm welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Thank you. Yeah, so my name's Carl Morrison. I work for Public Health for Somerset Council. Uh, I'm a health promotion manager. There's a few of us and we work on different different areas, but I specialise in substance misuse, uh, predominantly alcohol. Uh, and I've been working on, on, on that uh, for the last 10 years. Thank you very much. And Sally, a very warm welcome to you. Just introduce yourself, if you would, please, and then we'll come to your story. And I'd like to sort of ask Carl a bit about Alcohol Awareness Week before that, but we'd like to welcome you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Sally. Um, I don't really know what to say, really, other than I'm a recovering alcoholic. That's great to hear. And we'll tell we'll, and a Somerset resident as well. Carl, tell us about Alcohol Awareness Week, please. Yeah, of course. Um, so in public health, we support, um, well, we're generally, we're always trying to raise awareness about the impacts of alcohol in our communities. But we support two national campaigns per year uh, to raise awareness of the issues. And they are Dry January and Alcohol Awareness Week. Uh, both are coordinated and ho- hosted by an organisation called Alcohol Change UK. Uh, Dry January is probably the, the most well-known uh, and, and people do, you know, every year more people participate in that. Um, but halfway through the year now, we have Alcohol Awareness Week. Uh, and it's uh, every year, um, it's a, one particular week. And uh, the theme this year is alcohol and the costs. Thank you. And tell us a bit more about that theme and tell us the messages that are being put out through the whole of Alcohol Awareness Week, which is it just a Somerset campaign or is it? Uh... No, not at all. This is this is nationwide. Um, uh, and, and it's to do with um, just raising awareness and encouraging people to have those conversations with their friends and family uh, and also with professionals. You know, it's just about encouraging that dialogue to to think about, well, how, how much am I drinking and how is it affecting my health, etc. Um, the, the harm caused by alcohol does, it affects millions of people, um, but it is an established part of life in the UK. You know, we drink for many reasons, um, to socialise, uh, it's the end of the working week, you know, a birthday or, or, or you know, of course, you know, uh, when people are experiencing high anxiety or, or grief, you know, it's a, in the UK, there always seems to be a reason to have a drink and campaigns like this, it's about just raising awareness of, you know, looking at how much people are drinking and perhaps, you know, you know, drinking a little bit less occasionally. Thank you for setting the scene, Carl. That, that's very helpful. Sally, can I ask you, I, I always find it humbling when people come onto this podcast and, and share their stories. So thank you for doing that and for, for being brave. Can you share with us your own your own story, your own journey as in as much or as little detail as you feel comfortable with? Okay, yeah. Um, I was in a relationship for 32 years. Um, So I met my ex when I was 15. Um, The relationship broke up and towards the end I started drinking socially. 
like Carl was saying, it's a social thing at first. Um, and then I got anxiety, I got depression, and I started drinking more. And within two years, I moved back down to Somerset and I was drinking, I was drinking, I was spending 20 pounds a day on alcohol. I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about anybody. I was very self, a very selfish person. Um, I was in and out of Yeovil Hospital so many times. Uh, and now I feel guilty because I used, you know, um, the ambulance, the paramedics to come help me. And um, in the end, they said, you're not going to last the end of the week. Um, and that was on the Monday and I stopped on the Monday. I did it myself, which you shouldn't do. You should not do that. Um, I went through all the withdrawal symptoms and then the doctor got me in touch with Turning Point and I thought, oh, I'll be fine. I don't need them. And I went to the first meeting and that was it. I was hooked then to go there. They're so good. And I and I know that I said I said it before and I wouldn't be there without them. I wouldn't be here. I know that. And you've described that very clear moment where it was really a life or death decision for you. But did you have any inkling before that that there was a problem? Did could you tell that you were addicted? Um, yes, I mean, well, I didn't really know what it meant until I started going to the meetings and talking to other people, because you don't tell people, like Carl was saying, you don't speak about it. You don't tell, I was hiding things, I was hiding bottles. You don't tell people. I was drinking eight o'clock in the morning. I was making sure I had alcohol in the fridge at nighttime, so I knew that I had some in the morning. And you don't know, you listen to people and it was just going in one ear and out the other. I was saying, yes, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. But looking back on it now, I wasn't listening to anybody. And this might be a good time to ask either Carl or Andrew, what the warning signs of alcohol abuse are? What what things can we ask ourselves that might tell us that we've got a problem? Um, I mean, I think, I think it's very much along the lines of, of what's um Sally has said it's it's that this connection with friends and family it's about you know that need and 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 how you know even we always say to be mindful of how much you're drinking and and it's just looking at you know is is it creeping up you know and and you're, you know and obviously cost is a theme here is it, is how much you are spending every day on alcohol and is that impacting the rest of your life and and, and your family budgets you know Thank you. That's one aspect. And there are four CAGE questions, C-A-G-E, which is quite useful. Have you ever thought you ought to cut down your alcohol? That's the C. Do you get annoyed? This is the A. Do you get annoyed by criticism of your drinking? And one could also perhaps, do you ignore any comments upon it? Um, do you ever feel G for guilty about your drinking? Uh, and the last one, E is do you ever use an eye opener? Do you ever drink in the morning um, early on uh, in the day? And I think those are four quite established questions, Peter. Yes, absolutely. And I wonder, Sally, if you were asked any of those questions or asked yourself those questions, would it have made a difference? Would you have been able to recognise the problem earlier than than it turned out? Um. 
for me personally, I don't think so. I lost my children through this, my grandchildren, my family, you know, my my mom. Um, and so I didn't listen to anybody. I didn't listen to anything. And I was drinking in the mornings. And I think until uh, till the pain got worse and I was drinking where it wasn't pleasurable, it wasn't even going into my cyst. It wasn't even going to my stomach, and and the money situation as well. Like we were saying, you know how much it cost. Um, I didn't. I was a very, very, very selfish person. Thank you, Sally, so much for sharing that. Now we know that the 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 um, the safe limiters guided by the UK um, medical advisors is. 14 units per, per week, which is 140 milliliters of alcohol, which essentially is um, about a bottle and a half of standard wine, uh, about a litre of standard wine. Would you have been rather above that? Nay. Yes. Yeah, four bottles a day. Four bottles of wine a day? Yeah. Yes, gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And there will be other listeners who who are aware that either they or people they know may be doing this. And you mentioned the hiding of it. And were you hiding it from other people or do you think you were sort of hiding it from yourself a bit? Yeah, I think like the guilty bit that you said came into it. So I was I was hiding it from myself. So if I couldn't see the empty bottles, then I wouldn't know. Um, and I was hiding it from my neighbour and they said, you know, we know, don't be silly, just put it in the recycling bin. We know they're there. Carl, I wonder how typical Sally's story is. And, you know, traditionally, maybe alcohol has been thought to be men binge drinking, going out to the pub. But we're seeing a change, aren't we, with more people drinking wine at home and it becoming much more a a part of just everyday life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, this is, you know, this isn't unusual. Um, also at the lower end as well you know we mentioned about the 14 units per week you know it's quite easy to get above that and 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 obviously that increases the risk to your health Um, but before covid and the lockdowns you know we were already concerned about how drinking culture was changing in the united kingdom and people were more likely to stay home and drink you know because of uh it's cheaper uh and the smoking ban you know there's many reasons why people were were tending to stay at home more and obviously that was exacerbated by covid19 and the lockdowns um you know and people have got into more into the habit of just staying at home and drinking you know so naturally that increases the amount people drink because it's not pub measures anymore it's cheaper um you know so it's there's you know there's no criticism but it is easy for the amount people drink just to creep up especially you know as we go through more financial crises etc that you know people tend to to deal with those stresses with alcohol um it's we use it as self-medication um and you know it it is an anxiolytic It, it, it takes away on a temporary basis our feelings but sally just coming back to your story you've you know you've really thank you so much for for sharing i was trying to do a rough calculation and it was somewhat more than 200 units of 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 alcohol a week and i salute you and i think you know how wonderful it is that you have managed 
on your own and with the support of Turning Point, but it was you that made the decision to change. And that's wonderful. And, and I'm so glad you got away with coming off it just like that, because um, if anybody came to me medically with anything more than 40 units a week, 30 or 40 units a week, I would certainly be advising a, a gradual reduction um, uh, or a reduction in, in, in conjunction with a, with um, with tranquilizing de detox on a reducing basis and and vitamins to protect the brain because one of the interesting dangers is when we switch from alcohol metabolism because your body would have been actually burning alcohol as a fuel as opposed to other carbohydrates when we switch straight to carbohydrates we actually use up all our b vitamins very suddenly and we can you can end up with um peter what's the clever name of it put coarser Korsakoff psychosis. Absolutely. We can end up with the brain suddenly becoming very deficient of a lot of essential um, minerals, and, and we can end up with a, a difficult state. So I'm very glad that you managed to do that on your own, but probably with with a with a high level of problem drinking, it's 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 very useful to have that professional help. And so in Somerset, we've got turning point, haven't we? Which is just great. Yeah. Um Turning Point is uh, the, the uh, organisation that provides our drug and alcohol services. Uh, they're commissioned by Somerset Council uh, to provide those services. Um, I can give their number, um, which is uh, uh, 0300 303 8788. Or you can just Google Somerset Drug and Alcohol Service uh, and you'll get their details. And if you're at all concerned, or you know, please reach out. Um, you know, they're an excellent organisation. Uh, you, you can call them and, and speak to someone anonymously about any concerns you're having for yourself or a or, or friend or someone in your family, you know, and they're very skilled at what they do. And there are drug and alcohol services available through the NHS nationally, aren't there, Carl? Of course, yes. You know, um, they, they can go to see their GP, but it's, I always advise, you, you know, to, to access... Estas or Somerset Drug and Alcohol Service, you don't need a referral to your, from your GP. You can go directly to them or you can go through Sally's route where she went to a GP and then was referred on to them. And I've got long experience of working with them. They're a fantastic organisation, very non-judgmental, often have, have been through uh, drug or alcohol problems themselves. So um, absolutely brilliant service. Sally, can I gently challenge something that you said earlier? You've, you've mentioned a couple of times about being selfish, and I'd like to challenge that because you're on this podcast trying to help other people, and I understand you're also training to be a peer mentor. So not only are you sober yourself for four months, but you're going to try and help other people. Yeah, I, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in one of the meetings that I go to, um, and I think because... I said I was selfish, as in I didn't care about anybody else. I didn't. And that was when I was drinking. And now I feel like I'm still selfish, but in a different way, because I've got not I've not got to people, please, which is what I've been doing. I've got to. Not just say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's OK. Yeah. You know, um, you end up being very vulnerable when you're drinking as well. Very, very vulnerable. Um, and there are other people out there that would take notice of that and use that vulnerability against you. Um, and when I first went to the meetings, I, I hope you don't mind me saying, but when I first went to the meetings, 
Um, and I went to MAPS first at Turning Point, um, which is the alcohol meetings. And then I went into recovery and there was other people there with different addictions. And I came home and I thought, do I belong there? And, and then I was thinking to myself, we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter what addiction it is. It doesn't matter anything. We are all in the same boat. We all need help. And yeah, I feel like peer mentor will help my recovery, carry on with the recovery, but also want to give back a bit because I can't, I can't say enough that they, turning point, they were so, so good and they are so nice, so friendly. Yeah. You've made a really interesting point there. Carl, can I pick that up with you that we have this drug and alcohol service as though alcohol is not a drug, but of of course it is, isn't it? So it's a little bit of a sign of the way society treats alcohol as being different from other addictive drugs. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if you look at the harm that's done from, from various substances, top of the board is alcohol. But it's so socially acceptable up to a point. You know, if people do start to show dependence and then that stigma comes in. But generally, it, it feels like, you know, if people have a, a heavy night out and lose control, that, that is celebrated. Um, but, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have that, you know, same reaction to, to other substances. It's, it's 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 really why I work on alcohol, because of that, you know, the society attitudes to it. it I find it absolutely fascinating. And it ends up in lots of A&E attendances and hospital admissions. And uh, um, one wonders how many people have got a little bit of alcohol in their veins and arteries when they're driving sometimes, um, which is a little bit of a worry. Um, just coming back, Sally, you're very kindly sharing your story. Tell us what a peer mentor is, please, and how how it can help other people. Um, this is how I see a peer mentor. Um, somebody that's got, like you said, somebody who's gone through it themselves, so can understand if somebody comes into the meetings and ex ex explain. I'm so open now with everything because I can't hide it. I can't lie. I've done that for so many years and I just got to be myself now. And I think to be myself, I will get better. It, I, I am getting better. Um, so go into that group and just listening to everybody else. And if I can help somebody, even if I just lip well, I can't not just listen. I have to talk. I am a talker. So you're going to put your hand up in a minute to me. But even if I can just listen to people and just hear their stories. And I don't know, even if I could just help a little bit, then that will be great because I never thought I'd be here now. Well, I never thought I'd be talking to you now. I never thought I'd be doing this. That's a story of courage and growth. And you've just highlighted one really important thing, which is the attention that we can give other people is so powerful and it helps them not just to talk, but actually to be themselves. And some of us have used alcohol to not be ourselves, as it were, because we don't feel confident or because we're pleasers or I think we are I think we are all strong people. There is some is that a word strongness? There is some strongness in us all. And it's just finding that strength to actually admit it. And just that first meeting, I was so anxious going to that first meeting. I was, am I looking okay? Is my makeup okay? I haven't had a drink. 
oh, I have had a drink. Oh, I've had a drink. Haven't I had a drink? Oh, will they tell that I've had a drink? You know, and I was so, so nervous. But in the end, yeah, fantastic. I salute your courage. Can I ask both of you, if we are in the company of somebody who, a friend or family or, or just somebody we've met, who we feel has got an alcohol problem, is there anything we can say that might help nudge them in the right direction? Sh- should we be judgmental? Should we be encouraging? What what can we do? Well, for me, because um, I provide training in how to, how to talk to people about alcohol, uh, and I think the, 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 the most positive thing you can do is to say, would you mind if we talk to you about your drinking? You know, asking permission, just, you know, rather than, you know, sidling around it and trying to sneak into the conversation just asking someone would you mind if we just you know spoke about how much you're drinking Uh, and then it gives it it gives that person control of the conversation and they might you know say no but you know you you've started that 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 process then you know and i I think that's a, a really really powerful thing to do that's interesting what what do you feel about that sally um I feel maybe a different way than that, but that's how I think. I think until it's until it's in there to actually say something to somebody, uh, uh, you're just going to lie. And I think if somebody came up to me and said, can I ask you about your drinking? And I was just, I would have said, yeah, what? What, have you got a problem with it? It's none of your business. Mm. I, I don't know. I think until you... There's a time when you know, when you know that you've got to do it, you've just got to do it, or you're going to die, or you're going to lose everything, you're going to lose your home, you've just got to do it. That's how I, that's how I felt anyway. Mm. Really interesting, and it's, it's, it's a big issue for us all to come to terms with personally uh and and as a society and information is key because if if you look in the medical textbooks alcohol is an intoxicant and the word intoxicant has got the word toxa in it which means toxic uh and that comes from the greek word arrow uh it sort of causes us a wound so it's it's it may make us feel good for a while but that's a feeling of perception of disinhibition whereas actually there are biological effects and there are effects on blood pressure. There are effects on the liver. We, most of us know about the effects on the liver, but actually the effects on the brain of, of aging happen at lower doses over a period of time. So we are dealing with a socially acceptable substance which has side effects or which has consequences. And uh, it's all about educating us as adults, Carl, which is what you're doing, to be aware and to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a big part of my work is just education, just uh, and and it's a non-judgmental approach. You know, Um, we're not accusing anybody of of, of, you know alcohol dependence. Usually, you know, it's just about having a healthy conversation about alcohol. Thank you. And Carl, you've mentioned Estas in Somerset, but are there any other particular resources for Alcohol Awareness Week that we should know about? Um, well, we've got quite a lot going out on social media. So through the, for example, uh, Somerset Council's Facebook page, 
Um, also, SDAS are, are, are posting uh, information. Um, we have um, produced um, four videos, and, and Sally was uh, also participated in this. And it's testimonials from from people that that have been in, you know, in you know, they've received service from uh, SDAS, um, and, and and now like Sally, are training to be peer mentors. And and the response we've had has been fantastic. It's really, you know, really fantastic stories about how people have have sought help and, and got it. And is there a web address as well that we should know about, as well as the SDAS one? No, at the moment. Um, we can put uh, the details in the show notes anyway, whatever you'd like absolutely, to say. Absolutely, yeah. Because we're in a, at the moment, we're, we're uh, dealing with uh, the, the four district councils have all merged together. So the branding around Somerset Council is all changing. So uh, we, we don't have anything available at the moment. But the ESTAS website is, is a really good resource at the moment. And I think nationally, if people just search uh, on, on the internet for drug and alcohol services, then they will find the local one in their area, won't they? Absolutely, yeah. All local authorities will have their own version of ESTAS. And Sally, you're becoming a peer mentor. If other people are inspired to, to help people in the way that you are helping them, how, sh how should they get in touch and start that process? Um, well, I was approached by somebody actually in the group, one of the who runs the groups and asked and I was unsure and I said oh can I get back to you and then I did another week of the groups and in in the end I you know I just thought let me just do it I filled the application form in which is not hard at all don't think that you can't do it I did say to them I've done it in Sally words I've not used any long words I've not used anything like that I've been down to earth and this is me. So don't think you have to fill in all these, have everything, you know, it's it's easy to do. And if you, I I want to give back. So and I think that when you're helped by people like that, you you want to give back. I think we should all uh, use Sally words. I think that's absolutely great. Um, Carl and maybe first and then Sally finally, do you want to leave our listeners with any last words? Um, yeah, just just a bit, be more mindful, you know, just generally about, you know, how much you're drinking or, or, or just look out for each other and, you know, have those conversations, um, you know, and, uh, and and not not be concerned about stigma or, or being judged. You know, it's 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 a, it's a good thing to do. Uh, yeah it's never too late never ever too late don't think it is and everybody can change everybody can change and make make it yourself a better life thank you peter fantastic i i can't top either of our two guests i'm not going to to do anything i think just i absolutely go along with what what they both said we it's never too late to change what a what a fantastic uh way of thinking for everything really absolutely and thank you very much for joining us and and uh, to our listeners good luck and go well you've been listening to the somerset emotional well-being podcast the show was hosted by our team of doctors including dr andrew tresider dr peter bagshaw and dr sarah coop 
The show was produced by Rob Holmes Music on behalf of the NHS Somerset Integrated Care Board. <laughs>